Welcome to the Ribbon Box Podcast. I'm Eloise, the founder. Each week we bring you expert interviews, reader stories, holistic offers and more. Subscribe to our podcast for free to become an insider and never miss an episode. Hello everybody listening today. This is going to be an amazing episode all around insulin resistance, fertility and well-being. The latest research you need to know, and we are being joined today by research lead at Very, Emily Johnson. Welcome, Emily. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here today. We have got some great things to talk about and uh, the effect of hormones and blood sugar levels on fertility is such a big area to cover. Uh, and so many people ask about it. So we're so grateful to have you here today, Emily. Welcome. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm really excited to be here. Um, this is a topic that's near and dear to my heart, both from the work I do now at Vary, but I also previously worked in uh, maternal and infant nutrition and clinical research. So kind of the combining of some of my favorite topics. So I'm really excited to talk to you guys today. Fantastic. So tell us, first of all, who are Vary and what, a bit more about what we're going to be speaking about today. Yeah, absolutely. So Very is a metabolic health company that is on the path to sort of helping people establish where they fall on the metabolic health spectrum. So how does the program work at Very? How do you get started? Yeah, so uh, glucose data on its own, uh, as we've mentioned a little bit, can be hard to interpret, right? Especially if you're not a novice. Um, and our goal is to make it easy and actionable. So while there are apps out there that give you this data and sort of overwhelm you with points and data and numbers and all these things, uh, very believes in the right data at the right time and adding in that proper, proper guidance to be like, all right, what does this mean to me? And so that's sort of where this idea or uh, motivation for the first personalized metabolic health program came from. And so we're combining that data from your continuous glucose monitor with behavior change psychology and health science. So you're getting daily insights, you're getting goals set for you, um, and guidance to help you, you know, educational content uh, to guide you on your way to your health journey. And this is sort of, doesn't matter what your goal is, um, we can kind of help you get there. Um, and you'll learn to understand your levels, you'll find the best foods for you, you'll kind of find a meal plan for yourself based on the feedback that we're giving you and be able to improve your metabolic health. So you're getting this real-time glucose data, you're getting intuitive scoring, you're getting educational content, um, and this guidance um, to provide you with immediate feedback, create new positive healthy habits, make better food choice, um, and ultimately, you know, you're not relying on that constant, like, force of will, motivation, um, and willpower that can honestly run out, right? We've all been on diets and things like that and and know what it's like to be like, oh, I really should go to the gym, but, right? So um, a lot of our users report that seeing their glucose response in real time is a super powerful accountability tool, um, and we're taking you there step-by-step step to better met metabolic health, better habits, and making healthier choices every day. Our current state of healthcare is that people will go to the doctor, get blood work once a year, those kinds of things, right? And the doctor will tell you if something's wrong. And usually you're not really sure um, how your metabolic health is doing until you're getting a diagnosis, right? Whether it's pre-diabetes, whether it's diabetes. And Vary is really on a mission to help you understand that there's a lot that happens between being in perfect health and becoming a diabetic. And there's a lot that you can do to preserve your metabolic health. So um, we are a company that uses an app 
that tracks your blood glucose through a CGM or a continuous glucose monitor that you wear on the back of your arm. You also track your food, you track your sleep, you track your exercise. Um, and we offer guidance that sort of constellates all of those things so you can take targeted action towards improving your health, improving your metabolic health, and you know whether it's losing weight, um, living longer, preventing a, a hereditary diagnosis. You know, a lot of people have a history of type two diabetes, things like that. That's the type of people that we uh, look to help. When you mention metabolic health, what exactly do you mean by that? Yeah, so that's a great question. And I think it's kind of become a buzzword that gets thrown around a lot. So there's five um, markers of metabolic health that are the clinical definition, right? So they are your waist circumference, your triglycerides, your HDL levels, um, your blood sugar, and your blood pressure, right? So you can get all those things at a doctor, but again, it's hard to understand how you end up there or how you end up with those things that are problematic. Um, and so with very, you know, we're trying to sort of combine some of those those clinical aspects or some of those clinical markers, right? Especially through blood glucose, because that's a really good marker of your metabolic health and the way that your blood glucose changes and fluctuates throughout a day. But also, you know, our we have our own definition of metabolic health, which is really like, again, like, are you able to do the things you love to do for longer? Are you able to keep up and run around with your kids? Are you pain free? Are you uh, enjoying your life? So. There's the clinical definition, and then there's sort of the outcome that we're hoping to get when we are uh, bringing people a little uh, closer to their metabolic health or helping them understand it a little bit more. I think it's absolutely fascinating. I'm actually currently 26 weeks pregnant with twins. Thank you. Following IVF. And uh, I have had other children previously. And the marker of having this insulin resistance tested, the glucose test, is fast approaching. Um, and so I am aware of how, you know, um, gestational diabetes can happen to anyone during pregnancy. But it's really interesting to hear about the link between diabetes or um, insulin resistance and the effects this has on fertility as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and insulin resistance, again, is something that I think people are becoming a little more attuned to uh, or, or aware of, rather, but it still can be a little bit confusing. So just to talk a little bit about what insulin resistance is and, and how it sort of connects to fertility and all those kinds of things, um, you know, insulin is a hormone uh, that is made in your pancreas that regulates your blood glucose levels. And if you think of insulin like a key and it unlocks your cells to allow glucose to enter your cells and get converted into energy. So we need glucose. Glucose comes from carbohydrates. You get it when you eat. Um, now, obviously, we'll talk about this a little further, but um, if you are constantly eating excess glucose or eating foods that are high in refined carbohydrates, high sugar, um, and your glucose levels are constantly spiking, um, again, this is can be from food, but also things like lack of activity, uh, poor sleep, and stress can kind of exacerbate those effects. Um, if this happens and your glucose levels are constantly spiking, um, your cells over time can lose their responsiveness to insulin. So they're not opening up to the glucose appropriately um, and they're not changing it to energy appropriately. And this is known as insulin resistance. So basically your cells are resisting the mechanism of insulin um, and it is going to lead to those chronically elevated glucose levels, right? So if this glucose can't get in the cells, it's just circulating in your bloodstream and you'll have high blood sugar. 
And research shows that insulin resistance is linked to infertility and can cause inflammation throughout the body, uh, which can, you know, just at the macro level, affect the reproductive system, uh, specifically the function of the ovaries and sort of everything that comes with that, right? Like menses, um, ovulation, and just fertility. So it's it's sort of this broad thing that can affect, obviously, a really important part of people's lives. Absolutely. And so can people um, identify this? before they're trying to conceive? Yeah, so uh, certainly, you know, we've talked about this a little bit um, earlier, but certainly, you know, things like taking an A1C test at your doctor can give you a about a three-month marker of uh, what your average blood glucose was, right? And, and that is helpful. A1C is a very important uh, marker of metabolic health. However, that's just a snapshot at a point in time. So the challenge there is that you're not seeing what's happening on the day-to-day, and it can be hard to use that as a directional metric, right? Because you're usually getting that, that once a year. So you can also get a circulating insulin level test Now, this um, is a little less clinically established. It's not as common. So glucose is really the uh, true proxy for understanding uh, if you're having metabolic health function issues or having some hormonal dysfunction there, um, because insulin, as I mentioned, is a hormone. So um, by monitoring blood glucose, especially when you are uh, in that periconception phase or trying to conceive, uh, can be really helpful to kind of understand what's going on inside your body. You know, we like to say it's monitoring your glucose gives you that window inside so you can actually understand what's working for you and what isn't. And from a general women's health well-being standpoint, how does insulin resistance affect hormonal balance? So the role in disrupting the menstrual cycle or ovulation, for example. Yeah, yeah. So this is like kind of a monster answer because obviously all of those processes are so uh, important and and so key and all these cycles um, are key to women's health, key to conception, all of those kinds of things. But, you know, your hormones have ranges that they stay in. They can fluctuate a little bit, right? Um, and when you're a woman in, you know, quote unquote, normal health, no uh, pre-existing conditions, uh, most women get a little insulin resistant around their period due to hormonal fluctuations um, when progesterone and estrogen are both high. Um, and most hormones have a range that is healthy, but when one thing starts to become dysregulated um, or falters right outside of the range, it can sort of force other hormones or processes to overcompensate, which ultimately can lead to this sort of cascade effect of hormonal hormonal breakdown, hormonal communication breakdown that can lead to issues. Um, and, you know, insulin increasing or a little bit of insulin resistance doesn't necessarily mean that you will have hormonal imbalance or it will affect your fertility, but... Uh, Insulin resistance is one of the leading causes of ovulatory dysfunction, and it can lead to reproductive problems, right? Like high insulin levels can affect um, your granulosa cells, which produce estrogen, um, and your theca cells, which are in the ovarian follicles. So talking about um, egg release, those kinds of things. And when you have high levels of circulating insulin, um, as one would in an insulin-resistant state, luteinizing hormone, which triggers ovulation, can be disrupted, and this can essentially stop your ovulation. So again, uh, you know, getting a little bit more specific, obviously this is affecting the menstrual cycle, um, but it's also affecting pregnancy, right? Uh, Being able to conceive. And hormonal disruption that insulin resistance can cause, because insulin, again, is a hormone and it itself, insulin resistance is sort of hormonal disruption, but it can disrupt further hormones, uh, may lead to a high level of androgens, um, 
which are the male sex hormones that also can kind of, you know, we all men and women both have them. Women have a certain level, but them becoming out of, out of whack um, can cause regular menses, infertility, PCOS, um, things like that. And, you know, a disrupted menstrual cycle due to higher level of androgens um, can occur when you have insulin resistance. So insulin resistance, again, like affects all areas of fertility, even just starting with menstruation, um, in high can increase inflammation in the body, can increase other levels of hormones, can affect other hormonal processes. You know, that's all of that to say is just that it can pose a real threat to women who are trying to conceive and it's even linked with, you know, PCOS or higher uh, rates of miscarriage, low birth weight in babies, things like that. So it's it's definitely something if you're trying to conceive and struggling with conception that is um, worth worth looking into and worth trying to understand a little bit better about your own body. How can this affect you when you're pregnant, for example, or postnatal? Yeah. So um, one of the things that, you know, obviously weight gain is key during pregnancy, right? Like a healthy amount of weight gain is important. Um, And, you know, understanding like postnatally too, especially, um, I know a lot of women will struggle to lose weight and, and feel frustrated about that. But, you know, weight gain and insulin resistance kind of have this cyclical uh, sort of relationship where w- insulin resistance can cause weight gain, but weight gain can also make it hard to reverse insulin resistance. Um, and it can cause inflammation and again, affecting that reproductive system. So really sometimes for things like feeling fatigued or uh, having having unwanted weight gain or um, feeling really sluggish, a lot of those things um, people have found who you know use very wow I'm seeing that my blood sugar was actually really high during that time that I was feeling not so great or you know I've noticed that trying to get my blood sugar back into a healthy range can help me to lose weight more effectively rather than just trying to cut calories cut calories cut calories you know I think a lot of people kind of bump up against that um, and ultimately uh, they they fail when really that's how much they're eating right necessarily isn't isn't necessarily the issue it might be something else hormonally going on there it's really unfair isn't it how um, people can (laughs) respond so differently to food and what you eat and the effects it has on the body it's just uh yeah metabolism etc i've always been jealous of people who can eat and drink what they want without any effects right no same here same here but i think you know sometimes if you're aware of what's going on in your body or can see the way um, your body's actually reacting rather than sort of following rote diet advice, right? I think a lot of us want to get on these like, oh, I found a plan that I downloaded on the internet or I, you know, some six week thing or what have you, but it's, it's not made for you. It's not based off your own bio data. Um, and that's where I think very, really shines. Um, and what, what blood sugar can really help with is it's, it's based on your own body, right? It's based on how you individually are responding to certain foods. You can take action that is targeted, um, to correct any, any issues you might be seeing and and get your blood sugar back in a healthier range. So how often would you suggest someone gets checked or has their blood work checked? Yeah. So, I mean, I think if you are a person who is not, um, who is in quote unquote normal health, um, and obviously if you're pregnant and working with your provider, you know, you're going to get blood work pretty, pretty consistently, um, which, which is a good start. Um, but we typically say, you know, uh, if you're wearing a CGM, um, that lasts about 14 days. Um, we also have a program that if you are new um, to CGMs or new to blood sugar or just want to improve your metabolic health, 
Um, it lasts about four months. Um, that's not necessarily continuous glucose monitoring, but it's sort of like that's um, how long you would do it with some breaks in between. But yeah, we we typically say, you know, a sensor lasts about 14 days. Um, and so some of our uh, the people that work with us want to wear it pretty consistently. And some people will do it for, you know, a month or so and take a break and then um, we'll go back again, right? It, it just offers you this flexibility and this opportunity to kind of check in with yourself, even if you don't wear the monitor constantly, uh, to see how things how things are going and sort of benchmark your health. How how long would you recommend um, wearing the device for? Yeah, um, so I would say you know a couple sensors, right? If you wore a sensor, uh, two two sensors, that's about a month. Um, and that's a good starting point. Um, if you're going through our whole program, you're going to be on about two months of continuous sensor wear. So about uh, 56 days. Um, and you don't need to do that all back to back. But I would say going through our program is a great, great way to start to get yourself situated to kind of understand how all factors are affecting your metabolic health. But even a, even a two week, if somebody was curious about it, I would say, do it for two weeks, do a sensor, see what you, what you learn. My only concern there is usually two weeks, as we all know, it's probably not enough time to uh, make those changes in, and track them, right? And see real results. But I do think that um, doing it, you know, once a month, once every couple of months will really be helpful to kind of making sure you're staying on that uh, path to your goals. Absolutely. And I know that very recently conducted a case study on blood, blood sugar levels and fertility in women. What were the key findings from this research and how has it contributed to understanding the link between this insulin resistance and reproductive health? Yeah. Um, thank you so much for bringing that up. It was really an awesome experience. Um, we worked with one of our coaches who was a registered dietitian and she specializes um, in working with women with infertility, um, and she has nutrition programs for um, improving women's ability to conceive, right? So she wanted to use very in her 30-day nutrition programs, which she has not before done um, glucose tracking um, with her clients. So, um, you know, as we've talked about, uh, insulin resistance or any metabolic dysfunction, high blood sugar, things like that can affect um you know, menses, ovulation, all of those kinds of things. Um, and, you know, she worked with clients in this group who were going to be on her nutrition program, have her guidance, right, as a health provider, and monitor their glucose. And they had all types of health concerns, things like uterine fibroids, PCOS, infertility, uh, blood sugar management, irregular cycles, fatigue. So all different kinds of women's health um fertility related issues. And the results that came out of this um, after this 30 day program um, was that when surveyed, 100% um, of the members stated that they had achieved their health goals for the program and two clients were previously um, experiencing infertility actually were able to uh, conceive. So that was a huge, huge win and obviously really exciting. Um, a lot of people uh, recovered their menstrual cycle um, and 82% of people improved their uh, time in range, meaning the time that their blood sugar was in a healthy range, um, as well as their glucose variability. Um, and the variability is sort of, if you're looking at a glucose graph and you're seeing your sort of glucose go along, um, if it's going up and down a lot, um, that's high variability and that can be uh, problematic and stressful to the body. So you really don't want um, jagged peaks on your glucose graph. You want sort of rolling hills. So improving those markers, which are also uh, clinical markers of 
um, blood sugar management and blood sugar health is is really big as well. So again, you know, people uh, able to conceive, able to recover menses, and able to improve their glucose and get that back in a healthy range. And you know, anecdotally, people also improved energy levels, uh, felt their mood improve. So there's actually some of that sort of mental health, personal health stuff going on as well, rather than just the actual physical health. Fantastic. And are there any specific lifestyle factors that can either exacerbate or help to manage insulin resistance? And how yeah. do these factors uh, intersect with PCOS, general well-being, fertility, pregnancy, for example? Yeah, absolutely. So we focus on, there's obviously a ton of factors um, that can affect your metabolic health, but we focus on four specifically that are within your control, which are nutrition, exercise, sleep, and stress management. And these are sort of the most well-studied, best levers you can pull for managing your blood sugar, right, When that are in your control. Um, and it sounds simple, but keeping your blood glucose in range using these factors can um be, be sort of challenging, right? There's a lot of variables and it helps to kind of like limit the variables. Uh, and again, all of these things though, the good news is that they can affect um, and help you to reverse insulin resistance, improve insulin resistance and reduce inflammation and ultimately um, improve uh, your ability to conceive or fertility or menses or things like that. So those are kind of the main ones. Um, and again, all of those directly sort of, I guess, maybe more indirectly kind of affect um, fertility. And how can people find out more about Vary? We're going to obviously link to you guys here, uh, but is there anything that people should be aware of when they're getting in touch? Yeah, so um, you can find us on our website, which is Vary.co. We are Vary on Instagram. Um, you can, you know, get sensors from us if you're able to bring your own sensor right if you're somebody who has a subscription to a, a freestyle libre or something like that through your own pharmacy you can bring it and just use the app um but yeah you can sign up for our program as well the program that i was i was mentioning in the beginning um and get started with you know tracking your glucose and and managing um insulin resistance Fantastic. Um, I wanted to ask you, uh, in your experience, have you observed any common misconceptions or misunderstandings about insulin resistance and its impact on general well-being and fertility that you think we should discuss? Yeah. So, I mean, uh, I'd be curious to hear your thoughts as well, but I think like a lot of the times people aren't even aware about the connection between metabolic health and fertility. Um, I think people are starting to become more aware of seeing more conversations about it. Um, things like that. And I think, you know, fertility is obviously a very sensitive topic. I think people can very easily feel like, you know, this is if I'm not able to conceive or I'm struggling to conceive, it's an inadequacy on their part or something's, something's wrong with them. But, um, you know, it's also can feel like if you are trying to improve fertility, it's like that can feel very nebulous, right? Like balancing hormones or improve fertility um, can feel very vague and can feel like, well, where do I even start? Right. Um, and again, this is where I think Vary is so, so uh, amazing. And like to see that results of that case study were really wonderful because rather than just sort of banging your head against the wall and being like, I feel like I'm doing everything right. I don't know what's working and what isn't. Uh, Vary gives you that window into your body and the app that you have tracks everything, right? You can track your food. We're giving you feedback on the quality of the food you're eating. You're seeing your glucose reaction to certain meals. You're able to track steps. You're able to track your sleep, track workouts. You have all your personalized data in one place. And with the program, you're getting education and guidance so that the data becomes meaningful. You know, we 
are well aware that, you know, tracking is one thing, it's great, but if you can't make sense of the data, then this is not going to be useful to you, right? If you don't are like, well, I see my glucose oscillating and what does this mean? How is this actually affecting me and how, what can I do to change it? Then it's, it's not going to be a useful tool to you. So, you know, our app does all this tracking for you. Uh, the CGM is obviously incredible technology. And then, you know, our program gives you the education and guidance so that the data becomes meaningful and so that you can take the steps to actually improve and, and make uh, a dent on improving your health and, and reversing insulin resistance if that's something that you're working on. That's very cool. I think you're right. I think that people know generally that uh, you know, nutrition and sleep and general sluggishness are not good or, or need, may need attention to enhance uh, well-being issues and fertility, for example. But then it's working out that connection and trying to find why that's being caused and how you can positively improve that. So this is why I'm so excited to speak to you today, because I hadn't heard of this kind of kind of evaluation and testing and support before. And I think it's very cool what you're doing at Very. Yeah, it's it's been great. And I think, you know, it's it's fun. Like you asked how long to do it for. Even that first two weeks, if you do it for that long, it will be a real aha moment. You know, we always call it like the light bulb moment. People are always so surprised at at what they learn. And again, it can be different for every single person, right? Um, your favorite breakfast that you're like, wow, I made this great breakfast. It's really healthy. Got all these great ingredients, maybe causing that, you know, mid-morning sort of fatigue at work you're having or, or something like that. Um, yeah. So it can be really insightful to learn about your own body and, and your own health and, and empowering to be able to have something in your hands that helps you put your health back in your hands, right? To, to really literally, but also figuratively uh, be able to see inside yourself and take meaningful action. Definitely. Why, why is it that people feel this sort of energy slump often in the afternoon and want to reach for sugar and chocolate? Yeah, so this is something we tend to call the glucose roller coaster. And this doesn't mean it's always happening um, if you're feeling that slump in the afternoon, but a lot of times what can happen is um, people are at work, they have lunch, uh, they go back to work, right? And they maybe eat a big lunch, maybe not, but you know, if you're eating a lunch that's higher in carbs, higher in refined carbs, not enough fiber, things like that, um, your blood sugar is going to spike. And something that can help blood sugar um, curb a little bit or come down is movement. But if you're going right back to your desk, you're not getting that movement. So a lot of times your blood sugar is spiking really high, um, your body is releasing insulin, but insulin has about like a 20 minute lag behind the actual sugar in your bloodstream. It's responding to the increase in blood sugar. So it's it's not one-to-one. -one. I mean, it's not um, being released at the same time as, as sugar is entering your bloodstream. So your sugar is rising really fast. Um, insulin is trying to catch up. When the insulin finally does catch up, um, your body is, your, your blood sugar is high, but also your body has released so much insulin that now you are crashing, right? And your blood sugar is actually going into a hypoglycemic or low range. And even just a, the speed of a fast crash, um, a blood sugar being hypoglycemic can then make you crave sugar because your body's going, okay, my equilibrium is off here. My homeostasis is off. My blood sugar is low. I need sugar to bring it back up. And your body is trying to keep you alive, but ultimately, you know, it was sort of the started with that big lunch and now you're having a Snickers bar at three, you feel fatigued, um, all of those kinds of things, right? And then, you know, depending on what you eat, you can then spike your blood sugar again. So we call that the glucose roller coaster because you're kind of going up and down and up and down and 
you know, something as simple as a quick walk after lunch, you know, 10, 15 minutes can really make a world of difference, get you a little more energetic and kind of make it so that you're not experiencing that surge of glucose and insulin that leads to uh, fatigue and sluggishness. Fantastic. That's really, really interesting. And I seriously encourage people to check it out. Head over to Very. Follow the link here in the description in our podcast uh, or via our link in uh, our bio on social. Become a member and discover what foods and habits work for you with the first metabolic health program powered by your data, which is super exciting. Um, And we love Femtech. So thank you, Emily, for sharing everything today and all that you're doing at Vary. Thank you so much for having me. It's been wonderful to talk to you. It's such an exciting topic and I really appreciate it. Thank you. You too.